It's the Brew Ha Ha Podcast with Steve Jackson and Mark Carpenter. There's an article uh, in vinepair.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the headline is Sweeping Accusations of Sexism and Assault are Rocking the Craft Beer Industry. Jeez, I was in a pretty good mood. Now I'm depressed <laughs> to see that. Joining us right now, Melissa Myers is from the Good Hop Bottle Shop. Hey, that rhymes, Mike. They're in Oakland. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Um. um? Hello? There you are. Can Hello. You, hey, you, Melissa. Can you hear us? Hi, Steve. Hi. I can hear you guys. Uh, hey, hey, Melissa. Uh, so, explain this situation. Uh, her Linda has mentioned some of it off air to us, but this is very strange. And you had a very strange situation just uh, Tuesday. But talk about it all, if you will, Melissa. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think the brewing industry is going through a little bit of a Me Too movement. Um, I'd say that that's not unusual for any industry. It's not particularly indicative of the brewing industry alone. Um, a week ago on Thursday, um, a woman in Massachusetts asked a pretty, what one would might think is an innocuous question, and she asked if anyone um, experienced harassment on the job in the brewing industry. And um, stories started coming in. People were saying, you know, they, somebody said this to me, somebody said this to me, somebody assaulted me, my boss assaulted me. And the stories just kept coming and coming and coming. And we're at a week out now, and she's had over a 1,000 stories of women who have come out and told their stories. Um, and they're naming so names now. <laughs> yeah. They're naming names. They're naming brewery to foster culture that is not good um, and unsafe for women to be there. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I hear people have been calling it a reckoning in this industry. It is certainly not something I think if you talk to any woman in the industry is surprised. I think every woman in this industry has their own story. Um, but the, vol- the sheer volume of it alone, I think, is what is so heartbreaking and horrifying and surprising. That's the surprising part. Well, it is surprising to me, although not shocking. But uh, right, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so weird. And we're talking about the craft beer industry here, and uh, locally. Um, what are your thoughts on what's been happening with this? Um, I mean, I think. You know, it is a huge reckoning. Some people have been called out, and it's and and it's been huge. And you know, people are have lost their jobs over it. Where breweries have done the correct thing, um, and are it it's definitely making a, a big change. You know, I think things like this can happen, and and it feels really terrible at the time, and it seems big, and then you know, a week later or two days later, it's over. Right? It's like it never even happened. Um, but I think because because it's so big that things are actually happening and we're seeing the change happen with, with breweries, at least locally, that have been called out. We're seeing that change happen. And, and it's good to see that we're not going to go through all this pain and all this terribleness and for nothing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Some allegations accuse brewery owners of complacency toward a toxic work culture. Uh, Herlinda? Well, unfortunately, it's, I mean, having, like, you know, worked in pubs and things as well when I was younger, and it's not only, you know, you know, owners and managers and, you know, co-workers of male, but also some customers, too, behaving badly. And, of course, you know, and alcohol sometimes, you know, doesn't help that as well. 
but this is full on uh, naming names, naming breweries. But as Jackson Katz put it in his TEDx talk for uh, the first one for women that I helped with a few years ago in San Francisco, he said, abuse and sexual harassment of women will only stop when other men call it out. Like as soon as they see it happening, when a guy's talking about, hey, she's got a nice blah, 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 or, you know, something like that, you know, even if the woman's like bit not there, someone to directly, you know, you know, be touched or anything, it's ta- it's going to take men to call out, how would you like your sister or your daughter or your mother talked about like that? Don't talk about your coworker, that that waitress, et cetera, like that in front, you know, at all, you know, much less in front of me. And it's going to, it's going to take other men, you know, I think, you know, to help with that. But Melissa, last night, I mean, uh, Tuesday night, you held a gathering that I was invited to, um, for women in the Bay Area to come and talk about this and have some beers and, you know, try to come to grips with this. And then something really unfortunate happened later after a really great heartwarming event. Yeah, um, you know, I think I just want to light on what you just said is that one of the great, great, great the word we're using in this situation, but one of the things that we're starting to see is we are seeing men speak up. Um, we have been really, really prolific on social media about um, the good hot stance towards this situation, and we're starting to see men speak up and defend us when people are attacking us for our stance, which is a beautiful thing to see, and it yes. reminds me that this community is so strong. Um, so we had an event on Tuesday where basically the Good Hop opened up for a private event where we invited any women in the industry to come and be in a safe space. So they could come and tell their story, they could not tell their story, they could cry, they could hug, they could dance, and you know what, we did all of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it was, it, was a wonderful, it was a wonderful evening. We had people fly in from Washington and Hawaii to be a part of this um, mm-hmm. because I think that we're all reading these stories and, you know, with social media, you're at home at, alone at night in your bed at 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever, whenever you are looking at social media, but we're reading all these stories and taking in all these terrible things alone. And so the Good Hop wanted to make it so we didn't have to be alone, you know, and let us all know that, let those women know that they had a safe place to come. So we well, what happened meeting. Tuesday night, Melissa, after well, that? So we, um, we left. We left at 11 o'clock at night, um, and when I came back to my bar um, in the morning at noon, one of our windows had been smashed. Um, and you've been there seven years in Oakland, and you've never had that happen. Correct. I mean, We've been here seven years through, you know, um, race, race marches, marches, rioting, other small businesses getting their windows shattered during that time, um, and lots of looting in Oakland, and nothing has ever happened to us, not once. Do you so think this was targeted? It's pretty hard to think that it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, they didn't leave a calling card. It's not like they graffiti, you know, something terrible next to it and let us know why they did it. Um, it is hard to believe that it's not related. Well, some Bay Area uh, peop- men in the in the beer industry uh, got named. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, yep. Some, some people in the Bay Area got named. Um they got names because they did the things they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I also don't, I don't really want to focus on the window. It's, it's just a window and, you know, we have insurance and stuff like that. And um, a friend set up a bill fund for the window and I said, oh, we have insurance, we'll be okay. And she was like, I don't care, I already did it. <laughs> but, 
the response to it has been outstanding, um, and we are taking that opportunity to take the money, um, which is now threefold what what was originally put up there, to donate it to some really awesome organizations in the Bay Area. Um, one of them is Black Girls Code, which is a, this awesome charity organization that helps send African American girls to um, to classes in schools to learn how to code so that they can enter the tech world um, and be a really strong force in it. Melissa so, Myers is with us from Good Hop Bottle Shop in Oakland. Erland? And NBC News, uh, uh, thank you for um, having us right before uh, you get interviewed by NBC News. I know that you've been inundated with requests for interviews today, and I know Brianne uh, at Rat Magnet on Instagram has as well if, you, if people want to see those stories too. Um, hopefully she will talk to us one day as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's great to, for everyone to reach out and want to hear the stories because that's the only way we can make the change happen. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck on your TV interview today. And um, I'm very heartened to see that GoFundMe. And we will be doing a gathering like this next week up here in the North Bay for um, the women up here as well. And uh, I will be talking about that next Thursday too. Harry Duke? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Melissa, if you could just give us some sense of what the Good Hop is. I surely want to put your business out there for some support. Yeah, cool. So I would like to come. That's and, usually and my job, but yeah. you're catching on well. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the Good Hop. Um, absolutely. The Good Hop is a, a beer bar and bottle shop They're located in beautiful, almost downtown Oakland. <laughs> um, we are primarily focused on California craft. We like to support our locals and this wonderful state. We have 16 draft taps, and we have... Uh, 450-plus bottles and cans that we keep in stock. Um, you can drink those bottles or cans on-site, or you can take them to go. So we're kind of part bar, part retail, super community-driven. We're like a local neighborhood bar with a crafted problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Melissa Myers from Good Hop Bottle Shop in Oakland. Uh, what's the website? GoodHopBottleShop.com? Yep. Make sure to put the, the the in there. So the Good Hop. Uh, dot com actually. Oh, okay. And you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram with the same handle, The Good Hop, all one word. Melissa, thanks so much. Uh, Thank and you. Best of luck going forward here. And next time I, I'm in Oakland, I'll be stopping by the Good Hop Bottle Shop. Thank you so much, Melissa. Keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for talking to me today. All right. It's great to talk uh, to our friend Tara Nuren again, live in Joyce. Hey. Hey, Tara. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Okay. We're looking forward to you making another trip to uh, the North Bay. Yes. I'll be out there for sure in um, November. Yep. To okay. Book. All right. Cool. Uh, you wrote, uh, she writes for Forbes magazine on beer and other uh, like topics. Uh, you wrote... Wow. This was last March 2020. Uh, the Me Team... Meaty, Me Too movement is coming to craft beer. Will it arrive before all the women leave? This is fascinating stuff. And as you know, we just talked to Melissa Myers from the Good Hop Bottle Shop in Oakland about this. Um, First, talk about this article from March of 2020. And, uh, I mean, reiterate what you were writing about and what was going on. Sure. Well, a big point of the article was that craft beer was kind of harboring this open secret that was not always open but becoming more so 
that there really was a lot of sexual discrimination, harassment, abuse, um, violence in the industry, and not just coming from, you know, idiots at festivals or, like, good old boy vendors or anything, but that a lot of it was really coming from within the breweries, from coworkers, from bosses, mm-hmm. and... Nobody was talking about it. And here it was. It was a couple years after Me Too had, you know, cracked open in a lot of industries. And craft brewing is such a small, um, collegial industry yeah. that the retaliation and the, the, the talk that spreads when somebody reports bad behavior is instantaneous and devastating and permanent. Um, so it was happening, and people still weren't talking about it. Um, yeah, and I published that story, um, like you said, last March, and I was hoping it would change things, and then, you know, that was right at the beginning of coronavirus, and really nothing happened with it. Um, you know, it got some views, but it didn't It didn't have anywhere near the impact I had hoped. Things closed as well, too, I think, you know, with the pubs and everything closing so things just kind of like simmered between the surface until Brienne at on Instagram at Rat Magnet um, asked a simple question has anybody else been harassed like this and the stories flooded in and I know you've talked to her as well right um, she and I have emailed a little bit I haven't actually spoken to her on the phone yet or spoken to her at any length mm-hmm. Um, but watch the space. You yeah, will yeah. have a story on this, too. <laughs> I will. And actually, Helinda, since we spoke earlier today, um, it looks like I might have a story tomorrow. Oh. Um, I've been sort of <laughs> trying to figure out the best angle to take next week. Um, some some reporters had already done some really great reporting. I didn't want to, um, you know, duplicate anything that they're saying um, and, uh, you know, for anybody listening, if you want to read some good reporting on this, with different angles looking at the legalities, you know, people have been threatening to sue Brienne just for reposting people's stories, etc. Um, they're definitely out there. Um, so anyway, I was trying to figure out, like, what still needs to be said, and um, there's some breaking news related to it here in Philly, and it looks like I will have a story about that tomorrow, and it, it's basically going to talk about, like, just the shocking impact that it's having in so many different ways in so many different areas um i can't say any more say mm-hmm. anymore right now but um yeah just the reverberations are pretty crazy but the history of this too because you're writing a book right now on the history of women in beer you know which goes back two hundred thousand years back to the sumerians but even um there was some points that we were you and i were talking about that are going to be in the book about how um you know, beyond harassment, but, you know, economic. Uh, there were three points that you were talking about where men have actually either taken brewing away from women or their businesses or uh, made things really, really difficult um, as well. And um, I know you were going to talk about that too. I, you know, I am the mom of two young women, and this, I just sat and cried the other day. I mean, I, it was hard. It was really, really hard to read those stories. And uh, my heart goes out to them. I love when other people cry on this show because it's usually me. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> but, Terry, talk about your book. What you were going to um, tell some points about that. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really, I don't even have the words, just how often history repeats itself. Um, as you were starting to say, well, just uh, for some very quick background, throughout history, women have been the principal brewers in almost every civilization, and beer has been a, a nutritional staple um, of so many different civilizations for various reasons I get into the get get into into the book. Um, it usually starts off as just a domestic chore. You know, nothing glamorous, just something that the woman does as part of, you know, her household duties. And in every single civilization, I mean, we're talking about, like, ancient Mesopotamia. We're talking about, um, you know, Renaissance Europe. We're talking about colonial America. We're I mean, on and on and on and on and on. Um, whenever this, this uh, cottage industry of brewing, this household chore seemed to promise some profits, men would come in and take it over and kick women out. And um, I'm going to keep it simple right there because, I mean, if I start saying any more, I think I'll start babbling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying it was like religious, um, economic, and there was one other, uh, th for three reasons why that they did it. Yeah, I mean, you can see all all of these times and all of these places, it's either economics, it's politics, or it's religion. One or a combination of these three factors will, um, you know, go to work, basically, on society. And within, you know, a hundred years, a couple hundred years, this craft, this, this proud endeavor, you know, I mean... It's household work, but still it's something that women do and are proud of, and, and it's our legacy. It's like our birthright, right? Mm -hmm. But men continue to steal it. And in the book, I get into the origins of the patriarchy and, you know, how it is that we kind of started out as equals and how over time men really became the dominant power in almost every society and how it just hasn't. And we're still feeling those ripples, right? I mean, it hasn't changed. And um, if I have time, I just have one really stark example of how history repeats itself, um, not necessarily with, like, harassment or abuse, but just discrimination and misogyny. Um, I talk about how um, around the year 800-ish in um, the Nordic countries, it was bad luck to have a woman in some places come into your, like, in the places where men were brewing at that time, um, it was bad luck to have a woman come in really? to where the men were brewing. Yep, Jeez. because a woman near the beer meant that the beer would spoil, right? There was something about woman, women that they would blame for the spoilage of beer. Well, I tell a story about a woman working at... Um, a big regional brewery in the 60s and the she worked in the lab and she and her co-workers female co-workers in the lab were not allowed on the brew house floor because the men were afraid that their yeast was going to spoil the beer oh my oh, good god lord I wish we had time enough to listen to Harry Duke talk about the nutrition qualities of beer. <laughs> because I know he believes in them immediately. But I'm on that diet. Tara Nuren, Forbes magazine. She writes about uh, beer and other adult beverages. Always a pleasure. 
and we'll see you this fall at some point. I'll see you in November. Thank you. Look All for right, that Tara. article tomorrow.